It has come to my attention that some of you have yet to secure your tickets for the Student Action Summit down in Tampa. I, I know, I know, for those of us who do the right thing, who put our best foot forward, we've made sure to already secure our access, secure our flights, secure our hotels, going down Tampa, Florida. Everybody who's anybody is going to be there. Families are going. People are bringing their parents. They're all headed down. They're saying, we're going to Tampa. We're going to see President Trump. We're going to see Governor DeSantis. We're going to see Jack. We're going to see Charlie. We're going to see Benny. We're going to see Kaylee. Greg Gutfeld, Jesse Waters, all the greats that are going to be there. And it's the best part of it. And everyone's talking about this. Ever The, the word on the streets is just, it's, it's lighting up the streets where they're saying, you know what? If you use promo code POSO, all caps, P-O-S-O, you get 25% off. The link's in the description, folks. TPUSA.com slash SAS. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's June 21st, 2022, Anno Domine. Today's headlines, Uvalde has hired a private law firm to block footage and audio coming out from the school shooting. We're going to talk about that next. Another school murder, a 911 call released in the murder of Ohio teen Ethan Liming at uh, LeBron James' school. Third, crime tourism. We mentioned this yesterday. We're going to dig into it more today. Crime tourism soaring across California. And then finally, Russia threatening retaliation if Lithuania blocks the Suvalki Gap. We'll explain all that more ahead, Human Events Daily. There's compelling evidence that the law enforcement response to the attack at Robb Elementary was an abject failure and antithetical to everything we've learned over the last two decades since the Columbine massacre. Three minutes after the subject entered the West Building, there was sufficient number of armed officers wearing body armor to isolate, distract, and neutralize the subject. The only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the on-scene commander who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. The officers had weapons, the children had none. The officers had body armor, the children had none. The officers had training, the subject had none. One error, 14 minutes and eight seconds. That's how long the children waited and the teachers waited in rooms 111 to be rescued. And while they waited, the on-scene commander waited for radio and rifles. Then he waited for shields. Then he waited for SWAT. Lastly, he waited for a key that was never needed. So that was the Texas head of the Department of Public Safety essentially saying what I think everyone had been thinking about the Tivaldi shooting. This could have been over in three minutes. You had officers with body armor, with ballistic shields, and more images and photos are coming out of this. They were in that hallway. And yet the on-scene commander, Chief Arredondo, and I expect we're going to be hearing a lot more about him, essentially ordered everyone to stand down and to stand in that hallway. And now I saw some conservative commentators out there saying, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way that police could have waited this long. Right? There, was, there was a tactical situation. There had to have been something that was going on. Keep in mind, the Chief Arredondo, as we, we're getting clips 
and drips and leaks of more footage coming out of this. He claimed at one point that the officers tried to open those doors. Room 111, room 112. Yet something that everyone has said after seeing these tapes, even surveillance footage that hasn't yet been released to the public, there's no footage of the officers trying to open the doors. It simply isn't there. So he lied. That's a lie from Chief Arredondo. And you can go through the rest of this. And the headlines coming out, they're trying to cover it all up, right? Journalists and parents kicked out of the Evaldi City Council meeting. Uh, images released showing that they were standing there for essentially an hour with a bullet-resistant pres- shield, this blast shield, ballistic shield. Uvalde now hiring a private law firm. Yeah, of course, they, you better believe the city is hiring a private law firm to block footage and audio from the school shooting. So they're trying to block people from getting access to what happened in there. I want to take this back a second. Everything in our country is collapsing. And so what you see in the vapor lock of the fact that they couldn't make a decision, they refused to make a decision, it's because we've become an overly litigious society. We've become a society where we don't know how to take the initiative anymore. We don't know how to act. We don't know how to be the ones to put our first step forward. We're always waiting. We're always waiting for some order. We're waiting for some guidance. We're waiting for some guideline. People have forgotten how to have their own agency. And that's what you see. I, I really do believe that's what you see here, is that you see, you are going to find out, and this is me putting down my two cents, I think what we'll find out is that this police chief, Arredondo, he thought that he was supposed to wait because he thought, based on his training, that what you do in an emergency situation is wait for higher information because that's all our managers doing. There's no leaders. There's no leadership. There's no leadership in this hallway. There's nobody taking it. The parents that were running in from outside and officers trying to stop them, they were showing leadership. The teachers who did lock their doors and in some cases gave their lives, sacrificed their lives to save some of the children jumping in front of the gunmen, they showed leadership. But this is the problem of our government now because we have a nation that is run by bureaucrats and they've pushed this so far down And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. The defund the police movement is a huge part of this. The attacks on police officers, the vilification of police officers, it makes less, fewer people want to be officers. That means you're going to get lower quality police officers, lower quality police chiefs, people who get promoted to positions, not because of their performance, not because of their acumen, not because they're good at their job, but because they check all the right boxes or they hit all the right wickets. And you don't just see this here. You see this in corporate America. You see it in the government. You see it in the military. You see it everywhere. We need to stop. We need to start becoming a serious country again. And when there is a gunman inside the schoolhouse full of children, you go in there and you stop him no matter what it takes. If you listen to Human Events Daily every day, you know that we are locked in an existential struggle. Freedom of speech, religious liberty, the Second Amendment, 
Across the country, our constitutional rights are under constant attack, and it is only getting worse by the day. That is why Human Events Daily is proud to support Patriot Mobile. They are not just America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They are one of the few companies that is actually fighting back. They offer the same great nationwide coverage as the major carriers. So you get the same great service plus the peace of mind that your money is combating the left's attempts to silence you. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, the sanctity of life, and our veterans and first responders. Now more than ever, you need to stop giving money to people who hate you and get on the team. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash POSO and you get free activation with promo code POSO. Veterans and first responders save even more today, so make the switch. Before the left, the media, and the rhinos, we need to stick together. The link's in the description, PatriotMobile.com slash POSO. Or no, we're at uh, the I Promise School in Akron, Ohio. Okay. Our friend just got knocked out. Okay. We don't know what to do. Uh, what is your name? Okay, is, are, is there a fight happening there now? Hey, man. We're sorry, man. We didn't mean it. Sorry, what was that? Is there a fight going on? Uh, there was. Okay, are the other people still there? Yeah, it's all good. It's okay, though. It's cool now. It's cool now. Okay. Is your friend unconscious? Yeah. Is he breathing? Is he breathing? Yeah. Yeah, he's breathing. He's breathing. Okay. Are you with him now? Yeah. How old is he? I'm not trying to fight, How old is he? I can't fight. I can't. How old is he? Hello? So that's the 911 call in the assault and murder of Ethan Liming at the Akron School called the I Promise School, which was founded and funded, financed by LeBron James. Now, LeBron James hasn't posted anything other than one tweet, you know, about this saying, uh, you know, saying that he's praying for the families that are hurt by this, etc. This is the same LeBron James who's always out there talking about accountability and justice and such an activist all over the place for everything else. I have to say it again. I have a question for LeBron James. LeBron. Have you listened to this 911 call? Have you heard the voices of these friends calling the police, asking for help because they're being assaulted? Their friend's been knocked out. They think he's breathing. They're not medical experts. They have no idea what's going on. But they realize what's happening is bad enough for them to call 911. And then have you heard the fact that the assailants... In this situation, in this altercation, we can't tell, by the way, from this call, what point in the fight where it's going on. You can kind of hear people in the background saying, we don't want to fight. Have you heard the fact that these assailants are now calling and claiming self-defense? So they're claiming self-defense because they shot, got shot with a water gun. Then they came over. Ethan Liming, new reports show, wasn't even the one firing the water gun at the basketball players. He was sitting in his car. He tried to get out to de-escalate the situation because his group of friends, two of which were also black, by the way, so there goes the race narrative, right? They were the ones outside the car. He's inside the car. They come over. Who gets beat up? Who gets beat behind the head? 
who ends up dead in a parking lot at your school, LeBron James. And I want to be very clear about this. This isn't LeBron James' fault. I'm not saying LeBron James personally did anything wrong here. What I'm saying is, when you have a situation like this, in the midst of the context when we're talking about people being killed at school, when we're talking about racial issues in the United States, issues that LeBron James himself has exacerbated many times. He talks about this constantly. Where are you for Ethan Liming? Where are you for this family? From your own hometown, from your own area, from your own school. Has LeBron gone to see the family? Have you picked up the phone to call the dad? He's a pastor. Have you gone to his church? Have you said, I'm going to go to your church and pray with you and be with you in this time? Has he called for, I don't know, stronger laws against violent crime anywhere in the country and stronger enforcement of these laws? Because it's like I was saying yesterday. In this country, we will endlessly debate things that happened 100 years ago, 200 years ago. And people are frantically, you know, they'll be pulling up Wikipedia articles and Googling and, well, what about this thing? And what about that thing, right? What about what's happening right now on a daily basis, on a nightly basis in our cities, at schools, on the streets? Can we have an honest conversation? So I really do believe, I really do believe, LeBron James, this is a massive opportunity for you. Step up. Do the right thing. Be the person that crosses the divide. Show that you're not playing politics, that you don't only care about one group of people, that you do actually care about all groups of people. Because it's not about this group versus that group. It's about all of us and the way that we treat one another. And people who commit crimes are the ones who are wrong, not people who have the wrong group identity. Come on, LeBron, you can do it. This is crime tourism. They're coming here for the purpose of targeting neighborhoods, specifically vehicles, homes, um, not violent crimes, but they're going after the big bucks. They target homes that back up to golf courses and open space. And they'll, they'll literally stand in the bushes and watch. And when people leave, sometimes it's a two hour window, they go and get go out to dinner or something like that, they go in and pounce. So this is a story that we mentioned yesterday. We said, uh, we talked about crime tourism. And we mentioned it very briefly, but I really wanted to dig into it today. And so we've got this story up. We dug it up from the Wall Street Journal. It was a piece that ran last May, so just a couple of weeks ago. And it's about crime tourism. I, I haven't even heard of this phrase before yesterday. Here's it. Here it is. The Golden State has long been a cultural trend center and a popular location for leisure travel, but this is not a story about loading the family into a wagon queen family truckster and heading west. No, no, no. It seems that California is attracting an entirely new uh, category of vacationers. Law enforcement agencies call it crime tourism. Groups of thieves from South America travel to California to burglarize homes. They're easily able to obtain tourist visas to travel to California by applying online. Once they have a visit, they land at LAX and begin their crime spree. Residents in one Camarillo 
neighborhood say they're aware of the South American burglary crews that have been targeting their community in the surrounding areas. Several of my friends have been hit repeatedly, said one resident. According to the sheriff's office, they are handling 100 cases last year alone that involved crews from South America. Uh, Listen to this one from CBS station KPIX in San Francisco. A quiet residential town on the peninsula have been seen in, had seen an increase in burglaries over the past four months. Hillsborough police say a specific group could be behind the troubling trend. Many of the sophisticated burglary crews are coming from South America and targeting wealthy communities, including to a community alert on this. Uh, it goes on and go- on and on and on about this. How bad is, how much of a joke, right? How much of a joke is our country when we actually have crews of burglars who are able to obtain tourist visas from our own State Department, our own U.S. government, for the express... What do you say? What do you say when you're sitting down for the tourist interview for the visa? And you say, well, what are you planning to do in the United States? They say, well, you know, I'm going to go to uh, L.A. You know, I might check out the, um, you know, the Walk of the Stars there in Hollywood. You know, see my favorite stars, get some selfies. Might go down to Anaheim, check out Disneyland. Um, I don't know, we're going up to San Diego, maybe maybe see Balboa Park, check out SeaWorld, and we're going to rob as many people as possible. We're going to rob them blind because apparently it's a free-for-all now. It's a free-for-all inside California cities where some of the richest people in the United States live. But apparently because of the actions of DAs like Chesa Boudin, actions like other DAs, to not, Gascon in in Los Angeles, to not enforce the law because they know even if they get caught, even if they get, this is the amazing part. So tourist visas, right, that you're only allowed in the United States for a limited amount of time. So if you're in the United States for a limited amount of time, you got to go back, you got to leave or else you'd be considered visa overstay. That's an illegal immigrant. Not that these people would care about that, but they do realize they want to come back because they want to keep doing this and they're able to keep doing it. And here's how. Because even if they get arrested, they get let out of jail faster than the time it takes for the visa to expire. So that means they're able to get back on the street, drive to LAX, get back on an airplane, go back from, to the country from whence they came with their stolen loot. This is our country right now. I want you to hear it. I want you to understand it. I want you to embrace it. I want you to embrace the suck. We are seen as a place where crime and crime sprees are just waiting to happen. Because what's the one thing that connects the three stories that we've done so far today? It's policing and law enforcement and the broader section of the idea, the category of enforcing the law to maintain our society. You know, when Yuri Bezmenov, the KGB defector, said that the way to destabilize a society is by releasing the criminals, I think he may have been on to something. I mean, at, at this point, uh, about uh, slightly less than half of uh, goods uh, that transit Lithuania are uh, in the sanction list. But that doesn't mean that all of them are sanctioned right now. That means that because there are different wind-down periods, and some of it, as for example, for oil, it will be sanctioned just at the end of the year, starting from uh, December, uh, even though the authorities have announced that uh, it is uh, sanctioned already. Well, it's not, not true, actually. Russia is showing that what kind of leverage does it have on EU. Uh, truly, we've always known that, 
we've always been speaking about this in the Foreign Affairs Councils, uh, but this is the time when we actually see how, how it works. So basically, it just has to be, we have to be more resilient, uh, more, uh, to show more force and do it, do it faster, to find new uh, deliveries where we can purchase, uh, purchase the gas. Kaliningrad Oblast. What does that even mean? What's Kaliningrad? Where is that? Is that something from the Soviet Union, from World War II? Let's explain. Sandwiched all the way over on the Baltic Sea, between Poland and Lithuania, there is a disconnected territory of the Russian Federation called Kaliningrad, which actually sits in between Poland and Lithuania, which is not directly connected to Russia or Belarus. There's a 40-mile strip in between Kaliningrad and the border of Belarus that's referred to as the Suvalki Gap. And so we need to do, to explain all this to everyone, a map break. So for you guys listening, I'm sorry. I wish I could show this to you, but you got to go back and watch the show. So why is this so important? Lithuania just announced that they are going to be imposing what they claim is enforcing EU sanctions on material goods that are transported between Belarus and Kaliningrad. Construction materials, metals, advanced technology. But Russia is saying that they're worried and the residents of Kaliningrad are worried that all supplies might suddenly be blocked on the rail links between Kaliningrad and Belarus. What does this mean? You might be looking at an economic siege of the one million people that live in Kaliningrad. Now, they can probably still get goods uh, via ferry. Keep in mind, they're right on the sea, right on the Baltic there. But understand the strategic importance of the Suvalki Gap and Kaliningrad. If Russia so chooses, they could try to close the, the Suvalki Gap and shut down this area, shut down all access for Poland and Lithuania. It's only 40 miles, right? You take a couple of tanks, send a column down, you could take that in a day. What else does Kaliningrad have? Yeah, they've got the 1 million people there, but you know what else? They've got nukes. Russia has nuclear missiles with long-range ballistic capability, ballistic launch capability stationed in Kaliningrad. They've been there for years. Been there for a long, long time. So understand, while the EU and Brussels might be thinking, oh, it's just, just a couple of sanctions, don't worry about it. And the Lithuanian minister is saying, we're just, you know, we're merely following the guidance, we're merely doing... Imagine how your actions come across to the guy on the other side of the table. If you're sitting there telling them, we will starve out your citizens... We will not allow them to get goods. Imagine how that comes across. Now, we've heard just before we went to film today, it looks like Lithuania is backing down from those initial statements and saying, yes, of course, we will allow uh, essential goods to travel on this rail. But understand, this is a potential key flashpoint because both Lithuania and Poland, Baltic nations, right there, members of NATO. Now, that didn't matter as much during the Cold War, but right now, you've got a potential hostile military force in the Savalki Gap, which could go toe-to-toe with the Russian military. And that's all the time we have today, Human Events Daily. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and then leave us your review. Five stars. I think we earned five. I, I feel like today was a five-star show. 
You guys let me know, but I feel like today was a five-star show. So leave us the five stars and then send us one of your reviews. We love reading the reviews. The positive ones are fun. The one, the negative, the troll reviews, the one-star reviews, they're hilarious. What did we talk about today? Uvalde, hiring a private law firm to block footage and audio of the school shooting. Next, the 911 call has been released in the murder of Ohio teen Ethan Liming at LeBron James School. Third, crime tourism soaring across California. And then finally, Russia threatening retaliation should Lithuania block the Savalki Gap. Ton of news today, super heavy stories. Really hard, a lot of hard news today, right? Not so much stuff uh, that was very fun. But keep in mind, we'll have a lot more to go with this week. The Supreme Court didn't get the Roe v. Wade decision today. We didn't get that uh, decision on the Second Amendment either. But we're going to cover what we did get today. We'll cover that tomorrow. We're also going to be on watch. So we are on Supreme Court watch for the rest of this week. And then next week, looking at when will the decision on Roe v. Wade come down. So if you're like me, pray every day that it's overturned and that we will be able to protect our children. But first, it's time for today's history break. Today, 1989, the Supreme Court ruled that it's okay to burn the American flag as political expression. Couldn't be more against that. Expression is not speech. It's not the same thing. It's not in the Constitution. I'd be totally fine with a federal law that says you cannot burn, harm, or dismantle or tamper with an American flag that's flying or an American flag why, in public. Why? Because we need to make our national symbols important. That's why we can't have two independence days. You can't burn the American flag because as a society, you need to hold some things up as sacred. And the American flag certainly is one of them. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs> 